Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve. And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show. What's up, guys? Coach Steve here. Welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Weekly Show. Today, we're joined with our co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? I am very well, thanks, Coach Steve. I am very uh, excited because it's a new beginning, isn't it? It's a new beginning. But Nick, tell me, a new beginning for what? A new beginning for this six-week challenge. Yes, yes. The M6 uh, hasn't started yet. It starts next week, but prep week has begun. So we've transitioned from the first July challenge into the second M challenge, which is now M6. M6, the October challenge, six weeks. We're in, we're out. It's going to be a fun one, Nick. That's right. That's so exciting. Six-week challenges are awesome because... You can really just focus, get in, get out, commit to the process um, and just enjoy. There's no time to get sick of it. No, 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 no. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to start before we know it and it's going to end before we know it too. So yeah. we won't know what's going on, but we will know what's going on because it's going to be six weeks. It's going to be quick. It's going to be great. And you're going to get something during this challenge that's, yeah. um, that's new. Yeah. That's new. That's fresh. That's right. Uh, I'm expecting baby number two yeah. in just a couple of weeks. So uh, the first week or so of November, I'm expecting my second boy and they're going to be 14 months apart. So uh, if anybody has any children that are very close together, you probably know exactly what I've got in store for me over the next uh, couple of years. So um, get used to this little baby face of mine because I think I'm going to age a lot over the, the summertime and uh, probably next time you you, you see me in some training videos and stuff. Uh, I might be old man coach Steve rather than baby face coach Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have anything to add to that. I just say, yep, 100%. No, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Now, look, Nick, there are probably a few people who are finding the Challenge podcast for the very first time during prep week for the M6. And they're probably listening to us and they're like, oh, this Coach Steve guy, this Coach Nick guy, who the hell are these people? Why should I listen to them? Why should I even listen to the rest of this podcast? So Nick, I thought we could start by uh, reintroducing ourselves. We haven't really reintroduced ourselves in a little bit, right? No, yeah, let's do it. So uh, look, I thought we'd break it down into personally, professionally and fitness Ali, because you know, we've mm -hmm. got to have that Ali at mm -hmm. the end, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so we could describe who we are personally, who we are professionally, and then who we are in the in the fitness realm, okay? Um, and I thought I might start off, Nick, okay? Okay. If you don't mind. No. <laughs> okay, look, uh, personally, personally, my name's Steve or Steven. I used to be really pedantic when I was a kid. It always used to be Steven. You have to pronounce the N at the end, Steven. Uh, but then mm -hmm. as I uh, matured through my puberty years and realized that you don't need to hold on to the N anymore, uh, Steve is totally fine. So um, I'm Steve. I am um, Melbourne born and raised. So I'm in Melbourne um, and I am a dad. I'm a dad of one, soon to be two. I'm also a dad of a little furball named Frankie. Uh, best friend. That's best your friend, best friend. Frankie. Um, she's the best little cavoodle. Um, and then also Kiwi the cat, which is a little fluff ball, which uh, gets her fluff all over my clothes. Um, my darling partner, Laura, um, who actually works for the challenge as well um, in an administrative role. Um, we are, yes, expecting baby number two in November, another boy. So Nick, I'm going to have a spotter on each side of me in the near future. It's going to be great. You sure are. And yeah, Laura is awesome, by the way. If Laura's the best. If people have not met her, she's funny and um, excellent. She's the best. Yeah. Um, personally for myself, uh, I self-proclaimed bit of a dork. I like numbers. I like statistics. Um, I like comic book movies. Um, I like tech things and automation um, and gadgets and gizmos. So uh, if you are interested in a millennial coach, Steve, um, turning 30 next year, talking about tech and gadgets and gizmos, hit me up. It's all the good stuff. Nick. Yeah, you, you love all that. So that's fantastic. Um, you're very much, you're very helpful with everything according like, to do with um, gadgets, gizmos, tech stuff. We wouldn't be able to do it without you, Coach Steve. Look, we would survive. Look, Nick. We wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> professionally, Nick, professionally, I've been in the fitness industry since I was 18. So as a personal trainer, uh, PT, 
um, the same thing, personal trainer, PT, uh, a coach, group fitness, fitness instructor, all the good stuff. Um, I am also a registered osteopath. So some people call me Dr. Steve. I'm in the clinic where I help people move better and uh, move their way out of pain. So helping those who are injured and, and such. Um, and I guess professionally, I, I am one to enjoy continual learning. I do spend a lot of time on places like uh, Google Scholar and trying to read recent research and trying to like keep myself updated and in the know-how. So uh, that's professionally, Nick. And finally, we've got Fitness Ali. Uh, Fitness-wise, um, I first started when I was um, moving into fitness when I was quite overweight as a teenager trying to look better, to you know, boost my confidence, that type of thing. Got myself into some, some sports and such. Um, started lifting weights, found myself in bodybuilding circles, found myself in powerlifting circles, in Olympic weightlifting circles, in swimming circles, um, and found my way then into um, endurance events like marathon running um, and other endurance events like Oxfam, long walks and things like that. Uh, but now I'm a little bit more focused on the strength side of things, a little bit more into the powerlifting world, um, having competed earlier this year and hoping to do um, a, a few more before I uh, retire from the fitness world. Um, but I like to lift heavy things. Um, I like the uh, anatomy and uh, um, applied um, biomechanics uh, of, of movement um, or, or just um, applied anatomy, right, where you're trying to move better and contract the muscle better and all that good stuff. So Nick, that's me personally, professionally at Fitness Alley. Take us away, Nick. Can you give us a super speedy introduction? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, there's no way I can I can compare to you, but that's that's why it's fantastic actually, because we're we're very different, um, which is excellent. So okay, so personally uh I am a mum of two teenagers, two teenage girls, um Lucia and Zara. I live in Melbourne as well. I am 43, just in case anyone wants to know if that's of interest to anyone. So I've been around for a while. I was born in 1979, which is kind of cool. Um, I personally did not start in fitness. I started in creative writing and um, uh, publishing and things like that. So uh, my entire 20s was spent just being um, a little bit creative and a bit in that kind of world. And then I had the kids and then I got really into fitness and started to teach spin group fitness, um, ran and owned a spin studio for quite some time and, um, you know, just trained people everywhere. And yeah, so that's personally, but then that's also professionally, isn't it? So I've kind of gone over. Um, so yeah, I like to be a little bit creative. I'm probably um, more fluid in my approach to things. Um, I like to kind of see what what each person is feeling and and things like that. So I'm a bit of a feely person. So if you want if you want the feels, you can hit me up for some feels. <laughs> um, yeah. So professionally, I've I've done um, quite a bit of stuff within fitness. I mean, it's been the last maybe ten or twelve years now. So there's been. Oh, even actually one of my daughters is 15, so it must be 15 years. That's a long time, many hours with many people doing many different things in the gym, um, group fitness classes, training one-on-one, -on -one, um, training, you know, footballers all the way through to, to new mums. So heaps of different stuff there. And um, fitness-wise, I don't think there's much I haven't given a go to. So I've done... Um, you know the the big the big triathlons. I've done the Ironmans um, or Ironmen. I've uh, done powerlifting. I've done well. I like. I I think I'll probably die doing powerlifting. I, that's my favorite thing. And um, yeah, at the moment I'm dabbling in a bit of a bit of bodybuilding. You've reached me at the tail end of a season, and I'm got one more comp in me, Coach Steve. I was just telling you that. So. I'm going to Queensland on the weekend to compete in Miss Fitness. So if you're new to me, you can follow my journey and see how that goes. So good. What a what a brief introduction. But that's only just the, the tip of the iceberg of who who Coach Coach Nick is, right? Yeah, we, I'm very funny, right? Do you think I'm funny? You're you're the funny one out of us, I reckon. No way, you are, but um I definitely bounce off you. Yeah, we we we're like peas and carrots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah just the poor corn misses out right that's too yeah, corny for us 
I feel like we're probably the only like we can put up with each other somehow. We just we we mix and match quite well, and it works. And um, yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> no, I think what I uh, am excited to work with you for, if that's a correct sentence, maybe your creative writing can can correct my sentence there. But yeah. I like that we are uh, a bit of yin and yang, right? Mm. Where you suggested that maybe you're a little bit more um, emotional based um really mm -hmm. wanted to know the person where i might be more uh leaning towards the, the the data and the numbers being like okay how how are we looking at it from a macro point of view versus a micro point of view and i think both of those complement uh different coaching styles and i think speaking about other coaches out there we all have our different approaches to coaching some work really well for some individuals or some just simply don't work um so i'm sure if you and i were trying to coach the same person one of us would gel well with that person because mm -hmm. that's how it works for that individual. Um, and that doesn't mean that you and I are the two only coaching styles. There are a whole range of different coaching styles. So what I mean by that, bring a full circle, is that if you are currently following a particular coach or a personal trainer or a certain style of training, or you really like a certain influencer, speaker, whoever, that doesn't make them incorrect or us incorrect or anything like that we're just different we're different people we approach things differently and we may work well for you or you might say coach steve you're an idiot i don't want to listen to you anymore and that's fine that's okay um i i, I will take that and we can move on right so uh yeah. it's different coaching styles and we can approach things differently definitely and i think the the thing that we do have in common um fundamentally is that we've got the same values around fitness we like to make sure that people are educated make sure that they're informed and make sure that um you know it's pretty evidence-based we, we don't really um we don't go with fads and things like that so it's it's all pretty classic stuff that we both like so that's where we connect in the middle that's right hmm. last thing i'll say is that we have your best intentions in mind yeah right we generally want the, the best for you. And I know it's cliche just to say that, but um, you know, I think in the fitness space, in the healthcare space as an osteopath, like I want people to move better. I want people to enjoy their body um, and you know, be confident in their body and help them to move closer to their goals, whatever that means to them. Uh, so any advice that I give you or Coach Nick gives you or the challenge gives you, we mean it with the best intentions possible. We don't mean it in a malicious way if we're telling you, hey, maybe you don't need to diet as hard or hey, maybe you need to focus on one goal at a time or hey, maybe you don't need to do cardio like we're going to talk about a little bit later today. We mean that with the best intentions um, and we don't mean it in a malicious way ultimately because we create this podcast or we create this content around the challenge and the challenge thrives off of amazing transformations uh, and if we weren't giving you the best information possible to get those amazing transformations the challenge wouldn't survive we'd be out of a job uh, and you know we we really lost uh, so what what we're suggesting is with your best intentions in mind absolutely absolutely and no questions are bad questions and um I think it's really important for us all to work together and um, try and enjoy the process as well because it is enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Mm. Nick, M6. Let's talk M6. We are in prep week. Prep week is an exciting time because prep week is a time where we can prepare for the challenge. So the challenge officially begins on the 24th of October, which is next week. Um, and this week that you may be listening to this or maybe you've caught up a little bit late for us, but uh, this, this week is currently prep week for us. Now, what should you be doing in prep week? Well, firstly, you should be logging into the M Challenge app and you uh, should be setting up your training plan and setting up your nutrition plan. So that's probably the first things that you want to do. Uh, next, if you are using like an activity tracker, such as a Garmin, a, a Fitbit, something similar, um, you would want, I mean, if you want to, uh, set up your activity tracker to sync with either Apple Health or Google Fit so that the M Challenge app can read how many steps you're doing. So you can't directly sync a smartwatch, such as like a Garmin watch, directly to the M Challenge app. You need to sync the watch to either Apple Health for iOS or Google Fit for Android, and then the M Challenge app syncs with those two things, either Apple Health or Google Fit, okay? Um, there's a, an article on the website. There's also an article in the Learn section of the M Challenge app about how to do those things, okay? Mm -hmm. Next things that you want to be doing in the in prep week is uh, downloading the entry document 
um, and getting ready to take your start photo. Okay, start photo is simply a, a front facing photo with the entry document or a current newspaper visible in that image. You want to be stripped down to show as much of your body as you're comfortable with. Many individuals wearing just their underwear or, or board shorts um, or swimwear, something similar. And ultimately, the M Challenge competition is a body transformation competition where we are judging the start and end photos. So the more that you show, the better you can be judged uh, and the uh, more of a chance you can uh, be eligible for the competition, if that's a correct sentence again. Yes. <laughs> the more the merrier. The more the merrier. Yes. Now, Nick and I are basically living on the forum during the challenge. So if you have any questions, for the challenge. Any questions for Coach Nick or myself, please reach out to us on the forum. Um, you can find the forum on the M Challenge app. Now, outside of the M Challenge app, we have other social areas for support, such as our Facebook social hub. And that is a place for uh, support and motivation and encouragement. So if you haven't already, come join us on our Facebook social hub, um, which is a Facebook group where we have almost 10,000 members where uh, we are supportive of each other. You can post um, selfies and, and, and gym selfies and ask questions to our broader community like, hey, what are you having for dinner tonight? And things like, oh, what is the best brand of leggings? Um, or, you know, has anyone tried this flavor of sauce or something like that? So that can be a broader, bigger question to ask our community. And that could be a great crowdsourcing area. Um, however, some answers that come out of that Facebook social hub um, are, are not challenge supported, probably not the answer that I would be giving individuals. So please be cautious about seeking uh, answers and advice from that Facebook social hub. Yeah, definitely. Nick, before we move on to our community highlights where we highlight members of our community, um, I want to offer uh, a quick tip for the M challenge. Okay, and I thought maybe you could you can give us a quick tip as well, Nick, but I'd like to start quickly. Uh, my big tip, if you're sitting in prep week, if you're about to do the M challenge, regardless if you're a new challenger, um, a returning M challenger, or a returning challenger from the Max and Maxine challenge is my big tip for you is that you get out what you put in. With the challenge, you get out what you put in. And that's a little bit cliche, but the effort that you put into the challenge, the effort that you put into training, the effort you put into nutrition, the effort that you put into developing yourself, improving yourself, uh, learning and understanding concepts around body transformation, the more of a result you will achieve. You know, you will reap what you'll sow. The investment that you make, you'll pay dividends back. Okay. And often we see at this time of the challenge, um, there's apprehensions um, and objections to the challenge, such as, oh, I've got no time. I, I, I can't set up my training plan. I can't set up my nutrition plan. Oh, I, I don't have time to read articles or anything like that. And, you know, you, you get out what you put in. And if you don't have time for some of these things, that's okay. Or well, maybe the challenge isn't the right time for you right now. Um, and maybe you, you need to modify your priorities and shift your environment around so that it can make it work for you. But the more investment that you put into the challenge, the more investment that you put into you, the more of a result you will make. And that investment can be finding time to go train. That investment can be to finding time to do meal prep and getting your steps in and learning about, you know, the metabolism and, you know, calories and understanding what progressive overload is and training to failure and asking questions and engaging the community. All these things are investments and you get out what you put in to the challenge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. One million percent. Million percent. Mm -hmm. Nick. Can you offer us a quick tip about the M challenge? Yes, I reckon my favourite tip would have to be at this point, you to to do well, you have to do something that you've never done before. So, I would probably get rid of as much as you can of previous attachments to certain eating styles or programs that you've been following that haven't been working for you which is why you were probably drawn to the challenge, unless you're drawn into it to absolutely win and you know what you're doing, then you go for it. But if you're after advice and guidance, take it, you know, take it and run with it and see how that goes for you. Because if we're doing the same thing and expecting different results, we're only going to be disappointed. That's good advice. So wait, Nick, you're telling me that because I've been having a glass of wine every night after dinner, for 10 years, mm. I can't still have a glass of wine every night after dinner? Is that what you're yeah. telling me? 
oh, you can have a glass of wine every night after dinner. That's absolutely fine. It is just more the bigger picture as to um, what you what are your goals? <laughs> you know, it depends. But it's more that that thing about just say you say, oh, I've been doing six sessions at the gym and I already run 20Ks. And I say, well, what do you want to get out of this challenge? What We're telling you to do less, but I want to do more. Okay, how's your body composition? How's that going for you? How does it feel? Just sit with what your actual goals are. And if we're saying this is a direct path to your goals, you may have to rethink a few things. Just give me a few weeks of your time and we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, you can have your wine. Just fit it in if you must. But if you want to win, I would probably not just have that. I'd probably be looking at changing a few things. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think many people will join the challenge uh, expecting to keep training the way they train or eating the way they Mm. eat and not making any significant change or modification. So if you are one to you know have enjoy a glass of wine every night after dinner and you might be unhappy with the way you look, you're not putting on as much muscle as you hope for, or maybe you are a little bit overweight compared to what you want to be. You know you want to lose a little bit of weight. Okay, maybe you do need to cut out that glass of wine. Maybe you know you don't need to have that bit of chocolate or that daily muffin. You know making these changes, or if you have always been uh you know running on a treadmill every day and you're hoping to have the physique like you see some of these models or instagram people or athletes out there have okay maybe you need to change your approach to training to achieve these goals so i love it nick great tip thank you nick let's move on to our next segment here we have the community highlight where we like to highlight some members of our community so nick take us away who would you like to highlight this week well, I think for everybody, the grand champion of the last challenge would be a great place to start. So that's Jasmine Wright or Jazz Wright. So she has a few highlights for us. She says, I did my first Maxine's challenge about four years ago. I wish I'd have done continuous challenges, signed up for another and gave up after day three, did one last year while traveling and then one just gone. I finally feel like I have my training and nutrition on track because I've been given the tools and taught some really good fundamentals. It's nice to be a part of a community that supports you no matter what. Even though our challenge is over, our, our, over, our foundations are strong and I feel like I'm a part of a big family. I've been told by some people that they don't like girls with muscles, rah, rah, rah. I never get that here and I love that. Here I feel free to be me or whoever I want to be. Thank you, everybody, for the sense of community and acceptance, ready to rock the next challenge with you all. So that's amazing. I love that. That's that's awesome. And I think Jazz actually made that post before she found out she was the the winner, I think. I know. How cool is that? Yeah. How cool yeah. is that? That's the best. Um, yeah, because like, like I've said recently, you know, it, the winning bit is just that's the icing on the cake but it's what you learn along the journey that that um, is so important in fitness. I think winning can can be something, but it's it's really about how does it change you as a person and propel you to that next level. And yeah, she's pr- proven that that's the case. So um, you can't really. Um, I haven't won the challenge, so I mean, Jazz has more than me going on in terms of that. She's won it, so. Um, I'd be listening to that. Yeah, that's that's, that's awesome, mm. Jazz. Keep it up. Yeah, no, so good. All right. So the next one, we've got Bridie Lee. So Bridie Lee happens to have come second in the most recent challenge. What a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. Who, who finds these things? <laughs> okay. So Bridie says, absolutely stoked and truly honoured to have been selected in the top 50 for this challenge. Congratulations to the top 50 girls and guys. So this is obviously, she she did this before she realised that she'd come second. Um, Everyone is a winner here no matter what. Your gains, your weight loss, your fitness improvements are all prizes that you earned by putting in the hard work. Body training and mental training is the most honest sport you can compete in. So that's interesting, isn't it? Your results are a direct result of your effort and discipline. 
Stay consistent and trust your process. Thank you, M Challenge team. Can't wait to see the next round of announcements, which was happened to be, you know, retrospectively happens, happened to be that she came second. She says, you've got this. Keep turning up, quote by Ben Fitz. That is a permanent one in my brain and keeps me pushing through. So I, I love that. I, I really actually really like where she said, for real, um, it, it's the most honest sport you can compete in. I think transforming your body is because you wear it. You wear what you've eaten. You wear what your training is. You might not wear it on the day, but someone once said it's it's about like what you were doing six weeks ago that sort of starts to show on your body today. So it's actually quite amazing. You do wear it and you can't really buy it. Yeah, yeah I like that. Kardashian, but that's, you can't <laughs> buy, you can't buy, I I've, I've haven't seen muscles in a can. Have you? No, no, you can't shortcut your way to having a, a physique. And even if you w made the claim of being an enhanced athlete, you know, someone who dabbled in the the, the products a little bit higher than uh, creatine, that still takes work. You can't just start pinning yourself or taking enhancements and expecting results to come. So you, you it is an honest sport where you've mm. got to put in the work. You, 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 you can't not put the work in yeah yeah well the whole idea of enhancement which like we don't condone here but um you're only enhancing what there is so yeah, yeah. it's like with supplements you're only supplementing what's going on with you anyway so um yeah interesting we've, we've got how many other podcasts 86 chatting like this so please spend 86 hours listening to us talking about all this stuff the next one is marley Corsi, top 50. It's been a while since I've seen my name and face in here. Thank you for everyone who voted for me. I feel very honoured and proud of myself to get some sort of transformation weight loss with two kids, draining most of my energy each day and doing it all with four to six hours of sleep each day. Can't wait to start the six-week challenge. So um, well done, Marley or Marlies. Um, hopefully I pronounced that correctly. I, I love it because she hasn't let... Um, the kid thing get in the way the kid thing like two entire <laughs> humans <laughs> like oh those kid things <laughs> mine are both at school today so that that's a that's a win <laughs> i think they are anyway <laughs> i haven't had any text messages yet but um yeah it, it can as you understand steve it can be can be a bit hard sometimes to get your own priorities sorted when when you've got um little humans counting on you so um good on good on her she's done a good job yeah that's that's awesome i think i could relate to that um as a relatively new dad myself and then you know another one along the way i can see how uh those kid things can uh, slowly <laughs> drain drain your energy um and even just train your priorities right where sometimes getting to a a, a gym or into some training is hard not um not just for you, but as a, as an environmental thing, like, okay, once the kids are asleep, you're tired, or you need to uh, rely on your partner to look after the kids while you go and train and do those sorts of things. It just puts pressure on, on places. So I can, I can understand that a lot. Mm. Nick, I would like to highlight a few challenges today. Our first one goes out to Elaine Hudson. Hello, Elaine. And Elaine writes, I was going to sit out this next challenge as I'm doing one with my gym but I don't think I can, she writes. Mm -hmm. I just have to do it. It's hard to say no to a challenge as it is to say no to chocolate. And I just like this one. I just wanted to highlight Elaine, who uh, was going to say no, currently doing a challenge maybe at her gym, but uh, decided to join us for M6 as well. So hello, Elaine. Keep up some good work. Train hard, eat well, and we're excited to see what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. I love that people become quite addicted to them. Well, you can't sit it out. I can relate to that because I was going to sit out the last competition um, and then suddenly I've just decided to actually go for it. Um, so it's there's something about it. Like you, you think you're going to sit it out and then you get FOMO and you're like, I've just got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so good, Nick. The next one here goes to Ronnie Lettuce. Ronnie Lettuce and Ronnie writes, Woohoo! glad to be back and looking forward to six weeks really hoping to complete the challenge in full this time and i wanted to highlight ronnie here uh sounds like they haven't completed a, a challenge successfully in the past they're back for six weeks 
and I hope to complete it in full this time. And I think that's one of the benefits of six weeks, Nick, where it's, it's, it's much shorter. It's much shorter. It's shorter. So you can commit yourself just for six weeks. It's a month and a half. It's going to fly by. And if you can do that, that can be a great uh, leap pad, a stepping stone to the future of your own fitness journey. Mm. Go, Ronnie. That's awesome. Go, Ronnie. Fantastic. The last one here goes out to Ashley Chettleberg. Ashley Chettleberg, previous uh, top three finalist in the M, uh, in the Max's Challenge a, a little little while ago, and has been a supporter of the M Challenge as one of our ambassadors. And Ashley writes, congratulations to all the people who made the top 50 for the first M Challenge. As always, there are some amazing transformations. To those that didn't make the top 50, please don't give up on your journey to finding the best version of you. There've been many challenges over the years that haven't made the top 50 that go on to make great long lasting changes. So grit your teeth, learn from the experience and make the necessary adjustments to keep the results you desire. And to everyone who completed the challenge, keep going. The journey does not end after 12 weeks or six weeks. Keep moving forward, keep setting goals and do your best to make this a lifestyle change for years to come. You've got this. I like, yeah. the, I like this little post from Ashley. Um, really really uh, highlighted both sides of the competition where one celebrating if you did make the top 50 or the top 10 or the top three or however you went, celebrating the wins you made, celebrating the effort that you've put in as well as reflecting on the idea of, of not making the top 50 where, hey, you might not have been given a, a, a place card or a title or a t-shirt or whatever happens in the top 50, but reflecting on that process, being like, what other wins have you made? Well, you know, did you lose some weight? Did you get stronger in the gym? Did you improve your environment, your lifestyle, all these good things? Um, and then also reflecting on, okay, is there anything else you could do to make it better? Could you train a little harder? Could you diet a little more in intensely or, or um, with more adherence? Could you modify your environment to make it easier for you? You know, can you restructure your goals? Lots of questions that you can ask yourself to move forward. But the whole idea is, is keep on going, reset your goals, reset your, you reset yourself and, and you've got this. So I like that mm -hmm. from Ashley. Absolutely. I love that sort of a, a pep talk and um, it's what's needed, you know, in between and fantastic. That's why we have such amazing ambassadors to help us out as well. Really it's good. so good. Now, Nick, uh, the community highlights, we primarily find our community highlights on social media. So across our Facebook social hub and on Instagram. So if you are celebrating a win, if you have something inspiring, motivational, um, post about it post about it on our Facebook social hub, post about it on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, make sure you tag us at the M challenge so that we can see it. Um, and who knows, you might find yourself in the community highlights. Absolutely. We love the community highlights. You guys make it run the whole thing. Nick, talking about running, let's run into the next segment of the podcast here. We have the coach's corner where we offer our tip for the week. Even though we've offered her a tip already about M6, let's offer our tip for the week. So Nick, take us away. What advice do you have for us this week? So I haven't checked the forum in the last like 20 minutes that we've been chatting to each other, but I'm sure by the time I check, there'll be a question about why is there no cardio on the plan? I think that's one of the top questions that is asked when people first look at the training plans for um, the M challenge. Now, the fact is we're a bodybuilding challenge. So that just means it's not about, um, you know, oily muscles and things, but it is about building as much lean muscle tissue as you can, or even when dieting about preserving as much muscle tissue as, as we can. We know that it's very difficult unless you're a brand new person to training to build muscle and lose body fat at the same time. But what we want to do is we want to concentrate on preserving this muscle mass. Now, cardio exercise is catabolic. It is something which means that it, it takes away from building your muscle. You are not going to be able to build muscle using cardio. So because our primary goal, it doesn't matter how you feel, our primary goal in this challenge, we've decided, everyone's decided, it has been decreed, it is all about muscles. That's what we're here for, aren't we? We're here for muscles. So because we have that as our number one priority, we don't have 
like it's not a challenge where we're, we're getting we're trying to get cardio fit there's nothing wrong with that but that is not our primary goal so therefore the best strategy for that is to actually spend your time prioritizing resistance training in the gym through all our programs and then eating according to those goals so if you are looking to lose body fat you would use your nutrition to be in just a bit of an energy deficit not too much but enough to be able to see some changes within your body without having to rely on wearing yourself out doing the extra cardio say the stairmaster anyone's done that knows that it makes you hungry it makes you tired it makes you efficient at being on the stairmaster you get good at that so if it's a stairmaster challenge if you are doing a step challenge where you've got to climb a building then you do that but if you're trying to get the best body composition possible, you really don't want to be doing too much stuff that's going to waste your muscles away. Yes, you might lose scale weight, but you might also lose that precious muscle tissue, which obviously, well, not obvious, you, if you're brand new to this, you might not know. It helps with your um, basal metabolic rate, which means um, it, your metabolism, eventually you could probably eat a little bit more. We want you to do that. We don't want you to do the most exercise in the world and eat the least. We want the opposite for you. We want you to find this happy medium where you're feeling good, you're eating quite well, and your body composition naturally falls into this great place where you are not scared to eat. Um, yeah, muscle helps with bone density. Um, also, the other thing is what, what we've got to think of, and this is really important, Coach Steve, really important. The cardio that we're doing, we've been taught to think that it burns a certain amount of calories. What if I said it doesn't burn as many as we think it does? If those machines say, oh, well, you burnt 500 calories, that machine doesn't know. It doesn't know you. It doesn't know what's going on. It lies. It's usually maybe about a third of that and you don't even really know what's going on. So you can't out-train a bad diet and to be taught that you can just cardio things away is really just a waste of your time and energy. I'm not saying for cardiovascular health not to do it. That's why we also have our steps, our step count. Um, the reason that we do that is just to artificially boost our movement because the best way to uh i guess burn those calories if you want to think about it like that is our neat our exercise that we just do incidentally like i'm thrashing my hands about now just our general movement uh our getting the groceries in our walking around all day people with active jobs things like that but if you can't get those steps up if you can't get that exercise up sorry you need to get the steps up and that's how we artificially boost that um that neat exercise so i think i've pretty much summed up why we don't do formal cardio we don't want to waste anyone's time and i'm not don't hate me for that i'll take it i'll take the fall but do you remember also this is my own anecdotal thing but i used to teach we've heard this steve's heard it a million times i used to teach seven or eight spin classes a day for many years and I was a giant stick, even though I did eat a lot and I did lift a lot of weights. So I could never have competed in the bodybuilding competitions that I compete in now. And we really want you to have the best body composition possible. So since I've cut all that out, I've actually grown a little bit of muscle. And um, so I can attest that it actually it worked for me as well. Yeah, Nick, that's a really good tip uh and a really good explanation of why we don't prioritize cardio on our, our training programs and i think you summarize the way you're saying that you you don't have to not do it mm. you, you, double negative in purpose you don't have to not do it meaning that if you want to do cardio because you have a um a cardio related goal like all right i'm going to go run a marathon all right you need to build up your cardio fitness yeah, okay sure that's that's your goal um or if you wanted to improve your cardio health where sometimes cardio is the limiting factor in your ability to train okay maybe you do need to do cardio or you could use cardio to try to um, increase your energy expenditure by a small amount to force an energy deficit but you could do that through your daily step count it's exactly the same thing um, or you could do that through eating slightly less so in most cases we don't need to do any 
what we envision cardio to be like, you know, running on a treadmill, going on a bike, those types of things. You don't need to do anything like that as long as you are physically active with your step count um, and you are eating an appropriate diet towards your goal because we want to focus primarily on that body composition change by building muscle or preserving muscle. So great explanation, Nick. I love it. Thank you. I hope I hope people take it on board because the quicker you, you can kind of work out that one goal is all you need to reach it, the, the better. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Nick, I'd like to offer some advice about fighting training anxiety. Ooh, mm. fighting training anxiety. Now, um, I love training. Nick, I know you love training. We all yes. love training. However, sometimes you think about training. All right, I'm going to go and train. I'm going to do my, my squats or my deadlifts or, you know, I've got a big workout coming up. I've got a big training session come up and it builds it up in our head, right? And we go, oh, geez, it's just got to be oh, like one of those types of things. And that training anxiety kind of gets stuck into our head and sometimes it becomes so strong that we go maybe i'll do it later maybe I'll do it later maybe i'll do it later before you know it it's nine o'clock oh it's 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 almost bedtime maybe i'll do it tomorrow mm. and it's very easy to push it away push it away and then that tomorrow becomes monday becomes next month becomes next year and then we don't ever do it again so mm. how can we fight training anxiety because it can creep in especially when things get hard and especially when we do things we don't enjoy so if uh, you know, Nick, similar to myself, we enjoy some powerlifting moves. We love the squat, the bench, the deadlift, yes. but we might not love, or we have a love hate relationship with things like a Bulgarian split squat, right? Yeah. Um, or other exercises that is just not exciting to complete, even though we need to do it. So we often push it aside. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I'm getting anxiety building up about doing this. So how can we combat this? Well, one thing I do, which is my tip for you today is to break up the goal into smaller goals. Okay, break up the goal into smaller goals. And for me, um, I used to create the most ridiculous, smallest goal possible. And I called it the one minute goal, but it could mean um, a whole range of things. Now, what is that? Okay, so when I was training for my marathon, there was times when I didn't want to run, where I would go, oh, I've got to go run 10K today. Or, you know, this is like my half marathon training. I'm going to run 20K around my neighborhood. Oh gosh, how, that's going to suck. What I would do was I would set up small goals. So my goal would be, okay, I've got to put my shoes on. That's my goal, right? Or how about I put my shoes on and then run to the end of the street. There's, um, you know, a little shop there. I'm going to run to the shop. Um, it was a little like takeaway fish and chip shop. I'm going to run to the fish and chip shop. And then if I don't want to run anymore, I'll just run home and then I'll just call it a day. But what ended up happening was this small goal, which would take me a couple minutes, put my shoes on and run to the fish and chip shop. Um, that was enough for me to be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm here already. I might as well run to the, the servo that's further down the road. And then I'll, I'll run to the Bunnings. And then, you know, I'm running down here and then I'll go to the cafe and then, you know, make my way back and I'm basically done. So breaking it down into that smaller steps was a way for me to achieve that. I did the same thing where once upon a time I didn't have a car and I was riding my bike, right? So sometimes I'd go to the gym and I'd be on the open shift opening at 5 a.m. So I'd be riding my bike at 4.30 in the morning, which was pretty cold, <laughs> um, to get to work to start at 5 a.m. to open up the gym. So uh, my little goal was uh, I was hop on my bike and I would ride to the servo, which was around the corner of another place I was living at. And if I didn't want to ride any further, which is about maybe a 20 minute ride, I would turn around, go home, wake up my mom and get her to drive me to, to work, right? <laughs> um, which I never did. So I, that was the way that I built it up. Be like, okay, I give you permission to wake up mom. Um, if you ride to the servo, then come back, okay? But by the time I ride to the servo, I warmed up, I'm, you know, on my way, even though I've got another 20 minutes and I'm only one minute in, that's how I got there. I've even done it recently where I've transitioned from like a hypertrophy muscle building block back into some strength training. And I was getting ready to do some deadlifts the other day and I hadn't really done any like quote heavier deadlifts for me in a while. Um, and I was building up in my head being like, oh gosh, how am I gonna lift, um, you know, over 150, I had 170 on the bar. And I was like, how am I gonna, I haven't done this in a long time. This is gonna be interesting. So I built up some anxiety. So what I did was I thought, okay, I'm just gonna do one set. All right, done one set. I do another one. Great done. I was like, Hey, I've only got one more set to go Done my three sets and it was complete. So before I knew it, it was over. So I built it up a lot in my head, but by breaking it down, going, oh, I'm just going to do one set. That's done. Right, I'm just going to do my second set. Oh, I'm almost done. That's my third set. All right, great. It's all over. I've, I've been successful. So my big tip for you is think about how you can break up this bigger goal into smaller fractions. 
how could you set up a really small, easy to achieve goal? And could that be a snowball effect to complete the bigger goal, such as put your shoes on and hop in the car? And does that lead to a chain of events that gets you into the gym and complete your whole session? Um, or are you building up so much uh, anxiety at your house, being like, oh, I don't know where to start. Put your shoes on, get in the car and you know, start driving to the gym. And before you know it, your gym session will be over. Mm. Let's kill training anxiety. I love it. Perfect. I think I do that with everything, like not just training anxiety. I think it's just everything. It, I, I like to really apply that method of um, one thing at a time. Like even, you know, how I'm now going to go to Queensland for a couple of days. And I said to Shane, there's a lot that we need to do around the house. And I said, perhaps if, if one of us could just clean the bathrooms and another one of us could just vacuum then that's all we need to do today. But then we know we've got it started. Yeah. And then we started doing that. And then we just tidied the whole house. So you can do it with anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, a, it's a good little, little hack. I think hack. so. Mm. Yeah, let's move into our next segment here. We have the question answer segment where we answer your questions from the community. Now, most of these questions come from our forum. So some of these questions, you might see a text response already on the forum. And sometimes they come from our Facebook social hub. Okay, so Nick, first question here comes from Lisa. And Lisa writes, hi, this will be my first challenge. And listening to the podcast, I know that steps are a big part of training. I enjoy walking, but I also love my spin bike. If I keep my heart rate in LIS, which is low intensity steady state, which is similar to a walking rate, would I be able to incorporate the spin bike into my program and still get good results? Ooh, Nick, lots yeah. to unpack. What advice would you give Lisa here? This speaks to my heart and speaks to my soul. And I'm just so glad that I'm free from um, the burden of selling spin classes because you get a little bit... Um, you get a bit you get a bit addicted to spin i've got to say so there is that kind of there's the endorphin high that can cloud things so we have spoken about um we have spoken about the the cardio element already we've covered it within um these answers but i, I will also say that, so just particularly with spin okay because you are exerting a lot of energy um, your body actually gets used to it fairly quickly. It, it needs to adapt. And um, what you were doing, say, like, let's say, for example, just say you were doing gear nine or something and it was quite difficult. A week later, you'll find that gear nine is actually easy. And then you have to work harder and harder and harder to get the same kind of output from your body. Your body adapts so quickly. It's very, very, very um, smart however you end up wearing yourself out and so you will progress so well with your spin that it'll be to the detriment of other things that's why with walking um, it's something that your your body doesn't really adapt to too much because it's terrain you're pushing you're you're, you're um, walking through um, all sorts of different things when you're when you're outside um, you know you've, you've got to propel your body through things um yeah, it's just, it's different to having to sit on a stationary bike and wear your legs out. Um, but if it's, look, if it's your only option, I would say do it just for some movement. But also when it says good results, that's the other thing that I just want to say. What does that mean? Because good results on a spin bike, I know you can be the best in the class. You can be the best. You can be on the highest gear. You can be smashing out the highest watts, but that doesn't mean good results in terms of body composition. So we need to almost unpack what your definition of good results are because we can help you. If you, if you have a cycle race on, if you want to be the best spinner, if you want to reach a certain goal, if you want to do a certain amount of Ks in a certain amount of time, that's all stuff that, that can be worked upon or, do you want to lose body fat and gain and, you know, eventually have some muscle as well, reveal what muscle you've got going on? Do you want to gain some muscle? What are your goals? Mm. I like it, Nick. Um, I'd like to offer my 10 cents on Lisa's mm -hmm. question. Um, and I would say that firstly, we look at our step count because it's measurable. You can measure your steps 
through you know apps on your phone, through smartwatches. And when we measure our steps, we can have a very rough prediction of our energy expenditure. I would actually argue that you can adapt to the amount of steps you do, where you know some people, they do 5,000 steps a day and it's really highly fatiguing. Others do 20,000 steps a day, like it's it's nothing. So I do think you can yeah, adapt right. to, right. to um, your, your step yeah. count and step distance. You know, if you walk mm. 5K every day, that becomes your new normal. You could do it without any effort. Um, for others, a 5K walk could be like the most draining thing in their life. So that's True. the first thing I'd say. Now, yeah. the step counts the the number is what's important because we're trying to measure that number and when we can quantify something this is you know coach steve's number brain coming through if you can quantify it then you can manage it and measure it so you go okay steve i'm not losing weight my step number is this my energy intake is this many calories what can i do and we go okay well we can either manipulate those two points we can either increase the amount of steps we do because you can measure it or you can decrease your energy intake because you can measure it via calories. Um, so someone like Lisa, if she wants to um, substitute some of her step counts for time on a bike, it can be done, but it can become tricky because um, you can uniform your step counts to a degree by saying, I've done 7,000 steps on average every single day this week, but then on a spin bike, it might not be the same, you know, what wattage are you putting out? Um, you know, what's your RPM? You know, what resistance do you have on that? Like there's other factors, you know, how many minutes were on the bike? What's your case? Like it's, it gets tricky. So you can't substitute saying that instead of doing 7,000 steps, I'm going to do uh, one hour on a bike. That, you can't make that compar comparison. What you could do is say, Steve, I do... 5,000 steps per day on average every single day across a week. So you do, you know, 30, uh, 35,000 steps in a week. Um, and then you add an extra 20 minutes on the spin bike at this, you know, definition, you know, this resistance, this many minutes, blah, 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 average that out of the week. And then you can make a very good argument about your energy expenditure because you go, I do this many steps as well as this many minutes per week on the bike. That's my energy expenditure. My energy intake is this many calories per day on average. What variables can I change? Either I increase the amount of minutes on the bike or the amount of steps I do per day. So it can be done, but it just becomes trickier is what I would say, especially if you want to be really meticulous about all our, our data points. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, next question here comes from Amy. Amy writes, hi team, excited to get going with the six week challenge. I'm working on lowering my insulin re resistance. So we'll choose low GI carbs in my nutrition plan. Will this affect any results or only increase health benefits throughout the challenge? Ooh, okay. Nick, let's, let's break this down. Okay, so um, firstly, where do we start? We start with uh, insulin, insulin resistance. Now, um, one thing I did a lot when I was learning at uni was I, I tried to break down um, complicated topics into really dumb stories, okay? And uh, that does come across a little bit in um, when I try to explain certain things, really dumb stories. Now, my dumb story around insulin, insulin is the door-to-door -door salesman, okay? So what insulin is, insulin works as like a key um, to unlock a door, okay? So uh, you have um, glucose, which is sugar, floating around your blood, right, in your bloodstream. And that's kind of like a door-to-door -door salesman walking down the street, you know, a little bit of glucose floating down the the, the, the vein or artery, um, artery, better definition there. Um, and there's a door-to-door -door salesman. Now that glucose wants to enter a cell and wants to go inside a cell. And it wants to, that's an analogy there would be like, it's going inside a house, door-to-door -door salesman, you know, walking down the street. Um, it starts knocking on doors, trying to go inside the house to give them a sales pitch. Now, insulin is like the key that opens up the door to allow someone to come in, right? Now, as you get more and more um, door salesmen walking down the street, people become resistant to it, you know, where in the past they used to open the door, hey, what do you want, blah, 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 no, thank you. Now it gets the whole, ah, piss off, old man, you know, like people become more resistant to these glucose molecules. So then now you get a pile up of glucose molecules 
in your bloodstream and that becomes problematic because then you have you know hundreds and thousands of um door-to-door uh, -door salesmen walking up and down your street with nowhere to go they need to go inside a house so now you get a build up of glucose in the thing and that's when you become problematic right all the houses become resistance no piss off don't come near me right 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 really resistant okay so what can we do about that now um Low GI carbohydrates mean that they um, enter the bloodstream slowly, okay? So think of this like all the salesmen coming to your street, but they're coming at a very slow rate, right? Maybe on a train, you know, one by one, beep, like each carriage kind of drops off another, another person, right? Very slowly. Um, that's kind of like what low GI is. Uh, high GI would be like a, a giant busload of people arrive at the same time. You know, it's kind of like something you see out of like a crazy Indian movie where there's everyone's piled onto the bus. That's kind of like all these salesmen arriving at the same time, bang, high GI, everyone's here, party time. Low GI is this constant flow of energy, okay? So would you say that that changes our approach to insulin resistance? Mm, I don't know, because even if you're eating low GI, you're still getting lots of sugar slowly making its way into that bloodstream um, and we can still have problems with insulin resistance. Um, doesn't matter if it comes slowly one by one because if it keeps coming eventually it's going to build up. That's what happens with traffic on the roads slowly one by one versus all at once same type of problem. So I wouldn't even say that low GI foods would make much of a difference to insulin resistance. Overall, what would what would need to be done is we need to decrease the amount of sugar that's floating around in our bloodstream. So we just need less uh, or fewer door-to-door -door salesmen walking down our street. So what we would need to do is simply reduce our energy intake or increase our energy expenditure so that glucose can go to other places like you know muscles and things like that to be used as glycogen, all that good stuff. Um, so the main way, main primary way to fight insulin resistance is to uh, change our body so that we're in an energy deficit, right? Which is uh, consuming less food than we expend. Okay, so that's the main thing, right? Which is simply going and following something like the M Challenge Nutrition Plan in an energy deficit. So we're going to the left to for for weight loss um, and doing some sort of uh, resistance training to get some of those salesmen to go to our muscle rather than into our cells. Okay, so that's a long-winded way to answer Amy. And we go, will it affect her results? Uh, no, you know, choosing low GI foods won't affect your results. It wouldn't make any sort of uh, difference to the equation of energy in versus energy out. You could have low GI foods, high GI foods, low carb, high carb, no carb, low fat, high fat, whatever it is. It's all about our overall energy intake rather than the individual points. Um, and then increasing health benefits, even then um, questionable. We don't talk a lot about nutrition for health, a little bit outside of our scope of practice, mainly talking about nutrition for uh, body composition changes. But I would argue as well that in most cases, most of the benefits around diabetes and insulin resistance come from weight loss, come from energy deficits, rather than um, high GI, low GI, no GI, whatever GI you are following. Upside down GI. Upside down GI. IG, not GI. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> uh, look, Nick, next question here it comes from Tammy. Tammy writes, hi, I'm starting the 24 October challenge. So um, starting on the 24th of October. Um, I'm planning to do my workouts at home. Is this possible? What equipment will I need? I don't have a home gym. Thanks, Tammy. Nick, what advice would you have for Tammy? Hi, Tammy. It's very possible we have a whole entire program that's for you. It's completely for you. It is a home option that is not the home gym option, just home option that requires basically a set of adjustable dumbbells, a mat, and if you've got some resistance bands kicking around, um, which you can easily buy from Kmart, that is quite possible as well. And then just your own body. So um, you don't need anything fancy. You need a floor, you need a mat, you need some dumbbells, and we've got it all covered for you. So um, that is the short answer to that. The long answer is then you can build upon that and um, eventually build a home gym, just like Coach Steve's and Coach Nick's home gyms, our home gyms. So one day we'll take you on a tour. Maybe we can do a little tour each of our home gyms and we'll show you what we've got. But we probably started with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Nick, you're right. Uh, we've actually got two programs, Nick. We've got two programs. We have the M Home 
and we have the Busy Mum program. Both oh, programs correct. Of course. just need a set of dumbbells. That's it. If you have a mat, that's nice because then you don't need to lay on the tiles or the carpet or anything like yeah. that. Um, and if you have a, a set of resistance bands, that's also a win. But all you need, all you need is just a set of dumbbells. Um, heck, it could just be a fixed set of dumbbells. Better if it's adjustable. And you could probably pick up a set of adjustable dum dumbbells from most department stores, most places online, like, you know, eBay, Kogan, Amazon, things like that for about 50 bucks. Or if you're um, a little bit frugal, you can go on places like Mars, uh, Marketplace on Facebook or Gumtree or something like that, and you probably find some old uh, adjustable dumbbells that you can acquire yeah, from a definitely. good price. It's a good yeah. time, good time to, to pick them up because everybody's getting rid of all their stuff and um, you can definitely find something. I'd forgotten about the Busy Mum program, which is fantastic. So, yeah, there's so many options. I mean, it, there's almost as many home options as there are gym options. That's right. Now, the main difference between those two programs, M Home and uh, the Busy Mum program, is the time involved. So, Busy Mum is about 30 minute workouts. The M Home is about 45 minute workouts. Both around the similar design of an upper lower split, um, but that's the primary difference between those two uh, M Home versus the Busy Mum program. Busy yeah. Mum program isn't uh, only for mums or for women. Uh, anyone can do the Busy Mum program. Yeah, same with the Dad Bod Destroyer program. Women can do that too. It's just they're cute names and we like them. <laughs> Nick, final question here comes from Anonymous. Hi, Anonymous. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Anonymous, uh, Anonymous writes, so I signed up for the six-week challenge a couple of weeks ago, but I found out that I'm five weeks pregnant. Could you provide some advice on what to do with the challenge? Are there options to do modified to do a modified challenge so that I can or that I can organize during prep week? Okay. Hi, Anonymous. Now, um, let's talk about pregnancy. Uh, firstly, congratulations on your pregnancy, five weeks pregnant. You probably just um, found out, you probably just did the, the stick test. Um, and probably, uh, the challenge probably found out before your doctor, which is interesting. Um, so, all right, look, let's uh, talk about it. Pregnancy, um, our advice around pregnancy is that one with training, that it's not wise to start anything new when you're pregnant. So if you are, if you just become pregnant, there's not wise to start things like surfing if you're not a surfer or start rock climbing if you're not a rock climber or start Olympic weightlifting if you're not already doing Olympic weightlifting. So if you are doing some sort of resistance training, um, you can continue to do that resistance training. You can do any sort of training um, up until uh, due date basically. If you are new to exercise, it's probably wise to do, um, you know, low impact or, um, you know, an easy to reach exercise program. So what that, I mean by that is something like, you know, maybe some some dumbbell work like the Busy Mum program or the M Home program um, or some other commonly um, prescribed pregnancy related exercises, things like like Pilates is a common one because it's a little bit more controlled, a little bit more focused. Okay. Now in terms of the nutrition side of things, our M challenge app asks all um, women to, if they are pregnant or breastfeeding. And what that does is it adds an extra 200 calories um, per day to their energy prescription to allow for uh, growth of the baby um, or for, for providing breast milk. Okay. Now, um, a common misconception around pregnant women is that they feel that they need to eat for two, which is not always the case. Remember, this little baby is growing inside of you, it starts really small and ends up being quite small still, even after birth. So in most cases, you only need an extra 200 calories per day. You don't need to eat, uh, you know, twice the amount of calories as you need to. Now, I'm um, speaking to any dads out there whose partners are pregnant. Um, sympathy weight is a real thing. Um, so if your partner does has an increased appetite and is eating a lot more, you may find that you start eating a lot more and start gaining a little bit more weight than expected. So if you are doing the challenge and your partner is pregnant, um, it's an extra challenge to um, manage. So for anonymous here, I would say that you can do uh, the challenge. Um, it can be great for your health if you are focusing on some resistance training and, you know, following a diet program where you are eating whole foods and, and fruits and vegetables and all those good things that can be very nourishing for you and for baby. I wouldn't recommend any rapid weight loss strategies um, because it just 
seems a bit problematic trying to lose weight while you're pregnant. In most cases, we would be either maybe just you know, a, a moderate or steady weight loss, which can be okay if you are trying to manage any um, additional fat gain or focusing on maintaining your body weight um, as best you can as baby grows is a great goal for this six week. Um, but you know, in six weeks, you will be only 11 weeks pregnant for many of us, not me personally, <laughs> but for many women, you know, you're not really showing yet or any major changes in your body at 11 week mark. Um, heck, some people aren't even telling their friends or family that they're pregnant at 11 weeks where they're waiting for the 20 week scan for something like that. Now, Nick, um, pregnancy, having gone through it with my partner quite recently, that's why it's on my mm -hmm. mind. Do you have any other advice for anonymous around being five weeks pregnant? Um, it is, well, I mean, look, I, I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but it is a time when um, you need to sort of assess how you're feeling. That's kind of where you can start feeling a little bit sicky and it's a bit, um, it's, a, it's a bit draining, but it does go away in my opinion. Well, having lived it a couple of times um, in general, it's suggested um, not to, you know, start a whole new regime when when you're pregnant they have stuff that you've never done before but everything you said is is perfect um you'd think that you were surrounded by pregnant women or but, something nick here's a little little side story when i started my clinic my osteo clinic at a gym i used to work in like a private practice on a main street and then i moved into a gym and i thought that when i moved to the gym i would never see uh, geriatric patients older people um, pediatric patients younger people or pregnant patients people who are pregnant um, I thought I'd only see sporty people and bodybuilder bros and all the good stuff in a gym. Um, however, um, over the past 12 months, I've seen about a dozen pregnant women come into my clinic. Uh, and I just feel like I'm just surrounded by pregnant women all the time. Uh, so <laughs> if you're pregnant, um, you can come and see me at the clinic. <laughs> uh, I know a few other things uh, about pregnancy. Um, but yeah, Nick, I'm, I'm surrounded by pregnant women right now. Yeah, and my other tip is, um, you know, providing that you're all okay medically and everything, there's no reason to stop anything. You know, um, it's not it's not the time to sort of just sit around. If anything, it's your time to really connect with your body and um, make sure that you are choosing activity as well as many other things that are beneficial for your health. That's right. Mm. That's right. And if you want to go down a rabbit hole, uh, check out the research on supplementing creatine while pregnant, but. That's my last comment about pregnancy. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah. Have a look at that research and um and go down rabbit holes because we. Yeah. If anyone knows me, I love bunnies as well. So anything that's <laughs> involving rabbit holes is good. <laughs> Just saying, rabbit hole, rabbits and creatine. Like that's all I need in life. That's it. That's it. Best stuff. Look, yeah. Nick, let's wrap it up there for episode number eighty-seven. Eighty-seven oh of the gosh. Challenge Weekly Show. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know. Uh, be sure to check out the 86 other episodes and we might need to turn all these podcasts into like the M university, Nick, the Mooniversity. Mooniversity. Mooniversity where just you could spend. chatting, but yeah. it, look, I think, I think it's, you can get a lot out of it. <laughs> a lot about it. Two, two full weeks of listening to coach Nick and myself talk about uh, the challenge, fitness, health and everything in between. And I think by the end of it, uh, we'll have to get someone a diploma, the M challenge diploma for listening to all the episodes. Yeah, we'll make hats. <laughs> so good. See you in the next one, guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.